This is the Colorado Springs LGBTQ Oral History Project. I'm the interviewer, Skylar Gillespie. I'm 20 years old and I use uh, she, they, and he pronouns. And we also have Colby. And I'm Colby. I'll be taking notes. Uh, I go by he, him. I'm 21 years old. And we also have Mr. Griffin with us. Yeah, I'm Brian. I'm he, him, and I am 34 years old. And just so you know, at any point during the interview, you are welcome to not answer any of the questions asked. Uh, we just wanna make sure that you are comfortable with the information that you are or are not choosing to answer. So um, without further ado, um, how would you using one to three words describe yourself? Using one to three words, I would describe myself as, hmm, I am optimistic. Nice, okay. And uh, where are you from? Well, I grew up here in Colorado Springs. Um, I was born in Manteca, California, but we moved here when I was like nine months old. So got here as soon as I could kind of situation. Okay, nice. And um, what was your experience like growing, growing up in the Springs? Um, I, thought, I like to think it was pretty normal. Maybe it was pretty abnormal, but I didn't like, I don't know, I was just a, felt like a normal person just being a person. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I mean, I lived a little bit south of technically the Springs out in security. So a little isolated compared to some other people that I've met, I guess, but good. I think it's a, okay. you know, I always tell people, I'm like, Hawaii, Alaska, yes, very beautiful, but Colorado Springs, come on now. It's like the most okay. beautiful place in the whole world. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so have you done a lot of traveling then? Not really. <laughs> no. I wish. Just, I'm like, yes, I've been to Egypt. No, um, I, uh, my family's from California. So I've been all over California, all over the West, really. But I always tell people I've never been east of the Mississippi. So like anywhere west of the Mississippi, sure. But never been over there. So not really. Okay. I, I have been to Hawaii, though. That was cool. Okay, definitely. Yeah. And have you ever lived in another city or state other than Colorado Springs? No, not permanently. Nope, this is my home. Hey, gotcha, there you go. That's nice and easy. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I know that Colorado Springs has a very large uh, military presence. Um, are you or were you ever like involved or impacted by the military? I was not involved with the military but um you know goodness so many people i know joined up so many friends i know are either currently serving or have served um here i am talking to you guys when i was young it didn't really feel like an option you know my brother went off to go serve but like it just didn't feel like i that was going to be a path that was open for me so but you can't live here without knowing and loving people in the military, for sure. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I definitely have a few friends in the military as well. And um, can you describe just kind of your family life and what it was like growing up, maybe like specific family members, that sort of relationship? So I had my mom um, and she, very loving mom, you know what I'm saying? So I had that. Then I had my dad and we weren't really close until I was kind of older. So I'm 34 now. It It wasn't until I was in like, till I turned like 20 that we actually started seeing eye to eye. And then he passed away like eight years ago, I think. And then I have an older brother. Uh, I have a younger brother. I have a little sister. And I have my aunt Kathy, who is my mom's sister, who huge force in my life. So I would say that that's like the fam, like yeah, that's the direct fam. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And um, this is kind of a fun little question. Uh, what did you want to do for a living as a kid? <laughs> oh my goodness. So uh, I will tell you, Skylar, that <laughs> I originally wanted to be a marine biologist and I wanted to read, like I read all kinds of books about it and I was all about almost like the geology about it, but also like the biology. But then I had this teacher in like third grade that was like, Brian, you live in the mountains of Colorado. You're never going to be a marine biologist. So I was like, hate you. (laughs) Dream crusher. So then (laughs) I had designs of being like in theater production, but that kind of went, and that was like nowheresville. You know what I mean? So when I was a kid, that's see. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely changes throughout the years too. Yeah. So um, where did you attend school? Like elementary school, middle and high school? Wow, down here in Whitefield. I went to Venetucci Elementary, kindergarten through sixth grade. I went to Watson Junior High for seventh and eighth grade. And then I went to Whitefield High School for, you know, I guess freshman through senior year, high school years. So yeah, hometown hero, yep. Yeah. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit about like what that overall experience was like? Um, my memories of elementary school was that everything was really outdated, but we had really hardworking teachers. Like, like everything was like broke down, but they tried their best. You know what I mean? And then I would say that that was kind of the same with Watson junior high. Like, they, I, I specifically remember this science book in like seventh or eighth grade. And it was like in the future of 1970. And I'm like, what are we reading? <laughs> like, this is crazy. <laughs> and they, so kind of broke down. And then, um, you know, Widefield was Widefield, which I guess y- you got a lot of different uh, people there. There's a lot of diversity. I kind of appreciate it now, you know, um, through the lens of being a gay person. I don't know if it was like the most welcoming environment, but I was never really like messed with that much, but maybe because I wouldn't tolerate that. So I don't know. I wasn't one to tolerate any bullies. So that was my experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that Widefield is pretty um, like down South too, which you get a lot of diversity there, which is really nice. Yeah, it's really cool, you know? 
Yeah. Um, so what was your favorite type of media that can be like CDs, music, movies, video games, blah, 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 as a kid? Um, goodness. When I was a kid, I mean, it was like a mix. Like, I guess I was always like, as a kid, I was like a Nintendo kid. I'm like, let me play Mario. I think I'm literally wearing a Zelda hoodie right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, that was a thing, but really my overarching thing that I, I would say I would be known for if you ask like my family about it, right? I was a reader. I just read everything I could get my hands on at every opportunity. I lived in the library. I was always, I'm like, oh, only 15 books at a time. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, it was like, that was like kind of my thing, like just reading, reading, reading. And then, um, you know, I like TV and movies and stuff loved Terminator 2, loved my cousin Vinny, so. Ah, nice. And <laughs> would you choose one of these as your favorite type of media or like something else? I would choose books for sure. Even to literally all I do is read. To These days I don't even watch a lot of TV or watch that many movies or anything. I, I just read, read, read all the time, all the time, so. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any book recommendations? Um, gosh, what have I been reading lately? Um, I'm going to have to go look at the shelf. I just finished, this is dorky. I just finished the Avatar Kyoshi novels, which ties into a cartoon, but they were really good. Um, I read the um, autobiography of Kate Mulgrew called Born With Teeth. Kate Mulgrew is an actress that played captain janeway on star trek voyager but her life is amazing and, oh, okay. um, and it was it was really it's really just crazy everything that she went through and then let's see that's what i'm really attracted to is like nonfiction. i like biographies i like um historical stuff i what did i just finish reading oh i just finished reading um uh go set a watchman which is kind of the like sequel to go kill a mockingbird and it wasn't really that good but i i felt like i owed it to myself to finish it because i really love mockingbird right yeah um, definitely just recently read that somebody people always get me crazy books for christmas i think i read a, a <laughs> i read a biography about like madonna or whatever i'm like this is bull like it was somebody that didn't even know her <laughs> i'm like you got oh, this yeah. from the dollar store but i read it you know <laughs> I'm like, just give me content. I want, I want long form content, not like, oh, just a quick scroll on my Twitter feed or whatever. So yeah, I'll read anything that anyone gives me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like a little bit more in-depth stuff. Yeah. Um, so what kind of hobbies are you into? Let's see. I definitely... Well, I read a lot, of course. And then yeah, I'm a big like kitchen gadget guy. So I like to get kitchen gadgets, but then only use them once. So like, <laughs> like, oh, we got a sushi roller. That's cool. One time. <laughs> or like, oh, um, I got a dehydrator. Let's make trail mix once and jerky once. And then now it's going to collect dust in the fridge or in the cupboard. <laughs> And now it just stays there forever. <laughs> yeah, it just lives there. And um, let's see. And then I have a dog that we take care of. Uh, 
she's a huge part of my life. Um, and that's it, I guess. I mean, yeah. do you know yeah. what kind of dog it is? She's some kind of lab mix. She looks like a black lab, but she's definitely a lot smaller than most labs. We don't know what she's mixed with, um, but she is, goodness, she is the best dog ever. She, I got her as a Christmas. I told myself many years ago, I never want another pet, can't do this, whatever. And then years ago, my husband got me her for Christmas. And I swear, I almost gave her back. I was like, no. But then I held her. And then, you know, it's over. And yeah. so. <laughs> Simple as that. Just like giving like, it a oh, name. Here we go. Yeah. But she is like the sweetest, like most affectionate. She's very calm. She doesn't bark unless there's something to be alerted to. Um, she's really smart. She had no problem learning any of the like common commands, like, like fetch and sit and stay and all that. Like she's just the easiest thing ever. And her name is Rue, R-U-E. Um, and we named her after the little girl in the Hunger Games, which I won't go into because it's a little sad, but it's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, that sounds great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who do you consider to be your family today? I mean, obviously your dog, but like, you know, significant others, you know, anyone else that you would consider like friends to be like your chosen family, quote unquote, or like maybe direct oh, yeah. family. Oh, definitely. I have, um, you know, of course, like my dog, but I have my husband um, who he's everything. And then I have my friend Damon who lives in Denver um, we consider each other brothers. We've been friends for like 20 years, um, thick and thin, everything. And then my friend, Andrew, who is actually Dr. Trey's brother, um, another, we consider each other brothers too, that he's definitely a friend of the family, just love him. And then of course, my mom and my aunt Kathy. And um, I talk to my older brother very frequently. Um I'd say that those are the top tiers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, just uh, wanting to touch on, you know, your husband, how did you meet him? Well, normally we don't tell the real story, but I'll give you the hot gossip together. No. You could give me both <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> well, normally we are just like, oh yeah, we met somewhere. But um, actually I met him at a bar and I was at, just randomly, I had like, I had, a, um, I actually had another date and I was canceled on, which <laughs> as if, right. So I was like, <laughs> I'm still going to make like this a good day. And so I was like, let me just go sit at the bar and see what happens. And he walked in and from the moment he walked in, I don't mean to sound like, uh, like I'm all high and mighty or whatever, but the second he walked in, he looked at me and I knew I was like, Oh, he just fell in love. <laughs> Simple as that. After I, <laughs> After I got to know him for a while, I fell in love with him too. So we met at a, a bar and we've been together. We've been together like eight or nine years. I'm really bad with dates. And then we've been married like five or six years, something like that. Definitely. Um, how would you describe your identities? Mine and his? Um, I would say just yours. <laughs> Oh, just mine. So, um, I would say that I am a, I'm like a, I'm a minimalist. So like, 
as far as like in my personal life, I'm like, we don't need it, throw it away. I'm like, no, I'm like that one um, Netflix lady. I'm like, does this spark joy? I'm like, no, throw it away. <laughs> like, I don't like clutter. I don't like anything like that. With that being said, I'm not like, like I can leave dishes in a sink for the night. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. So I try to be like very laid back. I feel like being extreme in any way is like very toxic. So I'm like, try not to be extreme, try not to be extreme. So in my personal life, I'm very like, cool, go with the flow. But then I have to admit that at work, I am very like, hey, we have a deadline. Let's put this on a spreadsheet. What time are we doing this? How much time do you need to do it? (laughs) So I'm like, I don't know. There's like kind of a little bit of duality there. Cause in my like home life, I'm like, it's fine. We'll get to it. It's Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, Could you tell me a little bit about your coming out experience? Oh, sure. Um, I feel like my coming out experience, it was, it was definitely in like weird stages. So like, when I was like pretty young in junior high, um, there was this guy like, so, you know, you go to junior high and there's all these kids from all the other elementary schools. Right. And like in, and I didn't know these people and I didn't know, I I hadn't really even thought about it until then. Maybe that's the coming of age. Like, Hey, you're about like that age coming around. Um, but there was this guy and he was like captain of all the teams and like, most popular guy in school and all whatever and he was so nice to me and I'm like why I don't even know him like why is he so nice to me like if I dropped my books out of nowhere he would appear like oh Brian I got your books I'm like what the hell <laughs> so he, um I remember specifically one day I just got a new watch and I raised my hand in science class and I accidentally hit it against the wall and broke it and I was so sad and I I took the watch off and I just threw it away in the trash on my way out of class. And a couple days later, this person, he's like, hey, Brian, I fixed your watch for you. And I'm like, and he gave me my watch back. And I'm like, why are you being so nice to me? And then of course, a couple of years later, he came to me and he's like, hey, Brian, you know, I just wanted you to know that I'm gay. And if you're gay too, I think we should be friends. And so that, I think that was like my first time I ever came out to anyone was to that person. Um, but I didn't come out to my family and stuff until much, much later. Um, my aunt Kathy, who I've mentioned, she, I was an older teen, probably like 16. And she took me to this, uh, theater in downtown Colorado Springs. And they were doing, um, like live Rocky horror picture show. And you know, when you go there and they like put the V on your head and they like do the thing. And I'm like, why is she taking me to this? It was so crazy. <laughs> and, um, and then she came to me like, and then we went out to like Denny's or something, like some diner. And she's like, hey, Brian, she's like, if you're gay or anything, she's like, I just wanted you to know, you could always come to me with anything. She's like, I love you no matter what. She's like, and I wanted to put that out there. She's like, I'm not saying you are, I'm not saying you aren't, but I just wanted you to know that I'm always here. So that was another time where I was like, kind of leveled up right but then um like when I told my mom and I love her and she's always supported me and she came around pretty quick 
when I told my mom, she was like, Ryan, no, no, you, you can't, no. And I was like, you're right, mom, I can't, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so it was a couple of years after that, that I finally was like, yes, mom, I can, let's get this straight. Um, then my dad, it came up one day and I was like, yeah, dad. He's like, cool. He was a man, a few words in that way. He's like, no problem. I'm like, cool. So, <laughs> You're like, all right. <laughs> but it, I can't say that it was like some big moment. You know what I mean? Not yeah, for definitely. Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, does your sexuality influence the relationship that you have with your family today? Um, I think that today, no. Um, I think everyone is, is fine. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think so. Not today. I think it did for a long time. And I think that, uh, there are certain things that they would share with each other that they felt like they couldn't share with me. Like, Hey, everyone else is a parent now, but Brian's not right. But no, I think we're all cool now. I think that Honestly, it's like not even a thing. Like me and my husband just show, I'm like not saying his name. We just show up everywhere and people are like, hey, and it's fine. So yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. And would you say there was anyone that served as a role model to you as you were coming out or even today? Um, a role model, not in my you know what? I have to admit that in my own personal life, I don't have a lot of gay friends. I don't know a lot of gay people. I never have. You know what I'm saying? I, that's just, it wasn't me. So I don't know in my like life if I knew an actual, actual person, but there were definitely fictional characters that kind of inspired me. You know what I'm saying? To be like a certain way. They don't count as real people though. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a solid no there, Skylar. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I would say that like any, like even cartoon characters even, because there is a little bit of representation in any media really. Well, one of my big ones, and anyone that knows me knows this to be true, is uh, Xena, Warrior Princess, which was a show in the 90s, the 1990s. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they, um. I watched that show and I was like, wait a second. I'm like, Xena and her sidekick, Gabrielle, I'm like, they love each other, but they don't just love each other. Like, it's not just, (laughs) hey, we're not just friends. And so I just, she was like this role model to me. Like, I was like, look, Xena and Gabrielle are fine and they're heroes and they're good people and they're normal and no one treats them weirdly for that and everything is fine. And so that was a huge inspiration to me. I'm like, I can be like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's, see, I'm not a weirdo. Like, look at Xena. She's a badass. And she, yeah, so, definitely Xena um, definitely was like a huge thing. And I literally like have her, I have like a, a um, cardboard cutout of her. It's not actually, it's actually in the closet right now, which is hilarious. <laughs> I need to take her out of the closet. But like, I have like the six foot cardboard cutout of her. And like, like, she's like my hero. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Definitely. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the reason I wanted to, like, bring that a little bit further is because I personally have, like, a lot of, like, TV stars and movie stars that I really look up to, but it's, like, not a person that I know, 
so. And I think that that was, uh, um, I mean, especially, even though, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, maybe to you it seemed that way, but, <laughs> but like, especially back then, you didn't have a whole lot of that in media, I felt like, and so, yeah. but I saw it, and it was a thing that they were getting away with on TV, and so I was like, glued. I think it would come on on Saturdays, and I'd be like, I have to go see, you know, she yeah. was like my hero, so. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so this one's a little bit more intense. Uh, would you say that HIV or like AIDS epidemic shaped your coming into our, your identity in any way or shaped the way that maybe people perceived you? I would definitely say that it did. I think that um, there was a lot of like stigma and fear surrounding that. And so like even though like, and again, I'm not like tooting my own horn, but I was like tough, you know what I'm saying? So no one would mess with me, but like, I still feared that a lot. Like I just feared it. And then there was all this ignorance surrounding it. There was a lot of um, hysteria and it was super scary. Like I was terrified. I remember being, <laughs> I remember being like 14 or 15 and going to inside out youth services or whatever in downtown Colorado Springs. And they had a uh, HIV like testing night and it was free. And I'd never even had like sexual contact with anyone. And I was still like terrified. I was going to be tested positive. Like I, had, <laughs> like I was so scared. And of course that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? But heck yeah, that was like terrifying. Oh you know? yeah. And it's a very different like area and culture anyways. Um, yeah. Could you just tell me a little bit about the inside out youth services um that friend i mentioned the same guy that fixed my watch he saw an ad in a newspaper about it at one point and so we took a bus from where we live down here in security widefield into like colorado springs proper we like went into the building and i had no idea what to expect um I had actually snuck away to Colorado Springs Pride Fest all by myself alone on a bus. And I was like, I have to go see this. You know, I had done that like a few months prior in the summer. So probably in the fall at some point, me and this friend um, were like, well, let's go check this place out. So we go and it was really neat. Um, like some nights it was just like watching movies and like hanging out, but a lot of the times there was like uh, a lot of um, difficult conversations about like uh, like safe sex and like health and like different struggles. It was almost like kind of felt like group therapy, but it was like more fun. You definitely felt like you could be honest. And one of my main memories that I will never, ever forget of that day is I met my, as far as I know, the very first trans person I had ever met that day. Um, and she, I mean, she just, she was, she had long blonde hair and braces. I think she was even younger than I was. I don't even, I can't remember this person, but she was just crying her eyes out and crying her eyes out. And the facilitators were just like, kind of like, okay, cool. No, it's good. You're sharing. And like, Hey, I'm sure we can all relate with feeling alienated. And, and I just, I took a step back even as a kid in that moment. And I was like, this is cool. Like, I'm so glad this place exists because 
I mean, especially back then, where were you supposed to go? You know what I mean? And I, you know, I'm not a trans person, but like, I just remember realizing like, wow, I'm like that. I know how it feels to be a little bit lonely, but that's, it almost felt like maybe it would be even lonelier for her. I can't remember that person's name. I can see her face in my mind, but it um, made a huge impact. So yeah, that place was awesome. And it did a lot of good for a lot of people, for sure. Yeah, Probably still exists. What do I do? But <laughs> yeah. Um, so how would you describe your first uh, Pride Fest? I know you said you went to the Colorado Springs Pride Fest just a few months before. Yeah, I snuck out all by myself to go. It was a weekend. I went with that friend. We met at some bus stop and then we, he paid because I never had any money <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we went and it was in Acacia Park in downtown Colorado Springs and there were like booths, but mostly there was like music and like dancing. And I just remember seeing like guys holding hands and women holding hands and just people being normal. And then on that day, it was like this beautiful, like hot summer day. And I had met, um, again, like one of my best friends in the whole world that lives in Denver now. And we just said, hi, whatever. And he's like, oh, hi. He, he said hi to me. I'm like, oh, hey. I'm like, cool. Well, he seems cool. And then um, one point they started playing music and then the entire sky just turned black and it started raining and thundering and whatever but we just kept dancing and we were the last two still dancing. And so we're still best friends to this day. It was, uh, it was an eye-opening experience to see people that maybe had kind of a similar experience to what I was feeling. And I felt um, kind of welcomed, but I also kind of remember feeling sort of unsafe because there was, uh, there was a lot of like protesters and they had cameras and stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness, they're taking my picture. I'm like, what, what am I gonna do? But then I was like, it's one of those moments in life. And I've had many of these where it's like, look, are you gonna be brave? Or are you just gonna do what you need to do and live your life? And so I decided to just keep going, you know what I'm saying, and stay. But um, it was a little scary back then because it was like, gosh, don't you guys have something better to do? Like, go away. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's something that we see like even today a lot. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, so just kind of moving on a little bit in a different direction. Um, do you or did you ever identify in a like religious or spiritual way in any way? Um You know, I do. I do believe in like karma, especially. Um, I think that like, you know, I've, there's this saying that like in, this is something my mom would say for sure. So get ready. Write this down, Skylar. They, <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, in like the physical world, opposites attract like magnets, but in the spiritual world, like attracts like so if you have a positive attitude and you put good out in the world good will come to you i think that that's like the end and then of course i grew up in colorado springs and everything and my family uh 
especially my dad's side in California and stuff, very Christian. And so there is a part of me like, you know, I love Jesus too. And it's uh, not, if you would just listen to what he actually said and did, it's nothing about what a lot of people skew it to be. So I'm not a churchgoer and I don't read the Bible every night and I don't do any of that. But like, I do love that message, the real message, not what it might be kind of construed to be. So more like just love people. Don't be an asshole. So yeah, sorry for definitely. Is there yeah. any way that you like demonstrate that stuff or do you just kind of like live with this sort of in your day-to-day life? Um, I try to live that way. Um, I think that my granny, she was the one that was like, look, if you, it's the people that's going around putting in people's faces all the time that are the problem. So just be it. Ain't nothing left to it, but to do it situation. But um, I will say that like my husband, he is completely absent of, and it's fine. He believes in like pure science only, what only what you see. He doesn't really believe in like a, a like a higher power or like anything like that. And so, I mean, it comes up between us sometimes, but I don't push the issue. Yeah, it's more of just like how I personally choose to believe in, in my inner monologue, right? So, yeah, and that's really variable between people, anyways. Right. Um, so this one's also another little subject changer. Uh, did you ever attend college? Yeah, I went to Pikes Peak Community College. Um, I think I got kind of soured on that because I, after high school, I got accepted to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, which was in New York, but the um, and they've produced like all these amazing actors and stuff. And like, but then when we saw the price tag, I was like, oh my God. And then literally my mom was like, I'll sign on the dotted line, baby. She's like, I'll sign. And I'm like, mom, I'm like, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to go in this insane debt, whatever. So I just went to work after high school. Um, yeah. But I've been back to college a few times. You know what I'm saying? Back and forth at the community college. So yeah, I have tried. Definitely. And um, what was your first job like? Oh, Lord. Um, my first real job was I was a prep cook at Popeye's Chicken. Very fancy. And <laughs> it was it was super fun. I, I had like this amazing schedule. It was like eight to three thirty or something Monday through Friday. Loved it. It was so easy. I was in the back all the time. Um, it was awesome. And then there was this district manager and she's like, well, he needs to go to the front. You know, you need to put him in the front. I'm like, what? And I think she made allusions like, because I was always, I was always like good with people and like sales. She's like, put him up there. He'll upsell. I'm like, I don't want to do this. So that was a very short lived thing. Um, and I went to work at this computer chip factory which was a good job, but it was really scary and really dangerous. So it was fine, if that answers your question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no worries. I'm not looking for anything specific. <laughs> yeah. My first one was Panera. So Popeye's, eh, it's on the same level. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, do you have a current <laughs> occupation? Yeah, I am a job trainer for a huge insurance company here in Colorado Springs, and it's really fun. In fact, I would say it's probably my favorite job I've ever had. Nice. Uh, why did you choose this job? So just a little over two years ago, I had been working, I had worked at this other job in tech support for almost 10 years. I'm like Mr. Stability. Like when I start a job in, for the most part, I stay and I stay and I stay. And I know that that's not how you should do it these days, but I have, but I was there for like almost 10 years. And I was like, that place had really kind of um, changed. I'll put it that way. So I don't bite the hand that feeds me. It had changed. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe you should change too. So I had heard lots of good things about the company I work for now. And um got recommended by a friend and I started there my anniversary was two years in January so I was on the phones for a while and then I became a trainer last year in April and um honestly I took a huge pay cut to leave the company I was unhappy with and all kinds of vacation time and all these benefits and all this stuff that I had earned for working there forever but I always tell people I'm like I don't regret it I'm like, I have never looked back once. I'm so much happier now. And this is a great place. And I love what I'm doing. So, Yeah, definitely. That's really nice. Um, so how long is that that you've worked at the, the, at the insurance company? Is that like two years just about? Yeah, I started January 27th, 2020. So just a little over two years. Yep. Okay, definitely. And um Flipping the script one more time. Uh, so I'm just going to talk about Colorado Springs a little bit in general. Um, can you tell me what it's been like living in the Springs as a person who identifies how you do? Well, I don't know if I identify as a Christian exactly, but I guess suppose I guess technically I am, right? So, but they, um, um, you know what? It was really hard sometimes but mostly I had no problems it was just that there was so much uh especially back in the day uh the extremism that came out of this town like focus on the family and all of those made it hard and even if they weren't explicitly saying something like against gay people there was this like uh how would I put it like a a prevalent vibe of like this is wrong don't do it and so there was like a little stigma that I think bled out from that center of the community. But that was way, way, way on the other side of town. And I was kind of isolated down in the South. So maybe it didn't hit me too hard. Um, and then I think that even though it happened in Wyoming, the, you know, Wyoming is only three hours away from where I stand right now. The Matthew Shepard situation that happened in the late 90s that terrified every single gay person in Colorado Springs. I mean, I was absolutely horrified as a child when that happened. I was scared for years. And I think that a lot of people had the same experience. And so I feel like everybody was very careful just because we were a little scared, whether we had a reason to be or not. I don't know. But the, um, I don't think it's so bad now, but maybe I'm just not in the right circles. 
but the evangelical like movement or whatever it was it was uh could be a little scary sometimes you didn't know if, if someone would just hate you just for being you so but again i kind of had an easy time of it so people didn't really mess with me now <laughs> so i'm like yeah. oh, fine. You know? <laughs> definitely <laughs> uh how old were you when the uh matthew matthew shepherd situation happened i think i was about 10 i mean i'd have to google it but i think i was around 10 i was born in 87 so mm-hmm. whenever that happened yeah definitely um, and would you say your overall just kind of coming out experience being open with it or not open blah 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 um would you say like overall has been like positive negative or maybe a little bit of both i think that it was i think that it was a little bit of both but i will say that i was very lucky i always had um a lot of friends that love me very much. I had a, you know, even if they didn't understand right away, I had a very, a family that loved me, you know what I'm saying? Unconditionally and not just lip service, like really loved me unconditionally. So overall a good experience, but, um, you know, it was kind of mixed. Not everyone's going to understand, but I also think that that's anybody with anything, you know what I'm saying? Like some, some guy could be growing up and be like, well, I want to join, you know, I just want to be this way. And then everyone's always got something to say, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I think overall positive would be the direct answer. Definitely. And what does it mean to be part of the LGBTQ plus community for you? For me, you know, it's part of the reason why I was so flattered when Dr. Trey reached out and invited me to speak with you guys because I guess I feel sort of disconnected from the community. Again, I don't have a lot of gay friends. I don't go to like gay bars or anything. I don't do anything like that. And so for me and my personal experience, like I just feel like I'm just part of my community. Like I'm just a normal person. It doesn't... um, really impact too much but I will share with you like we have like one neighbor on the left that we love and is so nice to us and our other neighbor on the right was so nice with us until they figured it out they're like oh Brian and Lance they're not just friends oh I said his name (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're, they think they're that not you'll like invoke a curse. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, oh, now, and so they hate us now. They like don't talk to us. They avoid us at every opportunity. And literally that's the reason why. Like, so, you know, being part of the community, like I guess just being who I am makes me part of the community, but I'm not like, um, I don't know, maybe I should do more for the community. <laughs> I don't know. I Sometimes I feel disconnected. I just feel like a I'm like, I'm just a guy and I do my job and I save my money. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, and I know you said that you went to Pride. Have you gone a few times? And has that, has your relationship or like idea of how you see Pride changed over time? Um, I've been a few times. So yeah, I went to the Colorado Springs one, like just a couple times. 
you know, that's like pretty small operation. And then I've been to the Denver one um, a few times over the years. And, you know, at first I really thought I was like, hey, we're here to like make a statement and like make people realize like, hey, we're just people, you know what I'm saying? But now I think the last time I went, it was years ago, but it just seemed very commercial. Like, I'm like, okay, Bud Light with your rainbow beer and like your, all this stuff that it's like kind of sick, like commercial, like I, I think a little bit of the social movement aspect has been lost and it became so commercial, especially when it comes to alcohol companies. And the really horrible thing about that is that, you know, like back in the day, like gay bars and stuff, that was one of the very few places that gay people could go um, be together and see other people like themselves and stuff. And so I feel like alcoholism is this huge problem in the gay community. And it bothers me. I'm like, okay, slap a rainbow label onto your beer once a year, like, forget you, you know, like, I just don't, I don't know. I know that it still serves a really good purpose, um, but it's definitely a lot more like glossy. Like now you have like, you know, super famous people like singing at the celebrations versus like, hey, I don't know. It just, it has changed for me. I yeah, think. definitely. And I don't go usually. So maybe I'm not yeah. the right person to ask, but. Yeah, I mean, either way, why do you why do you think that this like huge mass like branding and commercialization? Why do you think that this has happened? Well, I think that through a lot of people's hard work, that um, exclusively gay people and lesbian people are a lot more accepted now, and it's like an untapped market. They like they're like we want their money, especially kind of the semi-famous thing they call it dink double income no kids like I have with my husband right so they're like oh they have disposable income drink Bud Light I'm like eh, no how about I just not drink beer so it's like yeah. it's, you know I think that they it's a, a untapped market and big companies exist to make money so that's what they want to do so all they have to do is once a year you know, throw up a rainbow flag and call it good. And, and that will affect people. So yeah, definitely 100%. Um, and have there been many like changes of last few like years or decades, whatever that might be for LGBTQ plus people? Any big years? Um, any big like changes over the last few years? Well, I can't remember the year because again, bad with dates Skylar but <laughs> hey um, no worries I'm not asking for specifics <laughs> I know that my husband he saved the newspaper the gazette of when being able to get married became legal for gay people you know what I'm saying he saved it I think that that was huge um I think that um I mean, that was huge in like the last 10 years or something. Um, hmm. Can't think of any other giant milestones. Well, gosh, I hate to mention this. And I watched, I used to watch this show for years and years. I haven't watched it in years and years because I think it jumped the shark. It got kind of lame. 
and samey over and over. But like the whole RuPaul thing, like now that's the one of the hottest shows on TV. Everybody watches it. Everyone knows. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of you know you see that representation, right? Yeah. So, but I think it got kind of lame and samey, so I don't watch it. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. Um, those are the big ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, in what way have uh, these sorts of changes also changed you as a person? Um, I think it's just nice because I think that deep down, everybody just wants to feel kind of normal. You know what I mean? You don't want to feel like you're like the exception to the rule or like you're like some freak show that people have to dance around. Like, now it's like the most normal thing in the world. Like me and Lance, we go out with our other friend. I said his name again. Damn it. They, um, they, like we go out with our friends, like other like married couples, just they're straight couples or whatever, but like no one cares. Like we just go to the restaurant. Like we don't feel we could hold hands if we wanted to. I could give him a hug. Like we don't feel weird. And I think that that um, big moments like that, like the legalization of marriage and like, how uh, a lot of um, LGBTQ plus culture has become a lot more prevalent. Um, it's made it feel more normal and more comfortable for me. I'm like, yeah, we're just people. We're just dudes. <laughs> so. Definitely, yeah. I mean, hey, that's a very good thing. <laughs> yeah. um, what is a more culturally impactful event this can be like political economic purely cultural that has occurred in specifically like Colorado or the Springs which kind of sticks out in your mind mm-hmm. you know I have to say that when that guy I don't know his name but that dude that was ahead of one of the mega churches here and he would actively preach like against gay people when he got exposed as a hypocrite and he was like doing drugs and hiring uh, a male prostitute and all this stuff. When his hi- hypocrisy was exposed, I think a lot of people learned like, okay, man, like you doth protest too much. Right. So it, I think that that, um, that was significant to people. They're like, Oh my goodness. Like, what is this? Like, why are you going to hate people if you're doing the same thing? And I can't remember that that jerk's name, but um, in a roundabout way, like his downfall was a nice thing because it was like, I don't know, stop throwing stones in glass houses and there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Like if that's, you know, just be you, you know, stop hating people. I don't know if that answers the question. For some reason, that's what's franked my mind. So. Yeah, definitely. And um, were you kind of like on looking in this event? I'm trying to kind of get around, like, were you involved in any way? Did you like kind of see this happen? Was this nearby? The guy, the like pastor of the mega church, he came into that Popeyes I worked at once and he had an entire gaggle of like hangers-ons and bodyguards and stuff. And he was the worst and meanest customer ever. And so I just remember thinking on that day, I'm like, what is this guy's problem? I'm like, you're such a jerk. And then all those years later, all of that stuff got exposed about him. I wish I knew his name. And um, cause I'd call yeah. him out in a heartbeat. 
but they <laughs> but I'm just like that makes sense because you're a liar and a jerk so. but yeah, I wasn't definitely. directly involved oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm going to try to wrap this interview up a little bit we have only more questions um what would you say is a big problem that people in southern Colorado face and uh do you have like a solution to that problem I think a big problem that people in Southern Colorado have is uh, in general, is this housing market. It's insane. Like we, me and my husband, we bought our house just a few years ago for like 201,000. Now in this inflated market, it's worth like 320 which is ridiculous. This house is not worth that. I'll tell you that's kind of, and then yeah. like we looked at a house the other day in 2011, it sold for 210,000. They're asking $520,000 for this house. These days. I'm like, I'm like Laura Bincroft. I'm like, who is gassing this? This is crazy. <laughs> so I just think it's really unfair. And I think that the solution um, would be, more affordable housing, but also addressing the stigma around what that means. Affordable housing doesn't just mean, people think it means, oh, section eight, welfare queens, huh? What that really is, is racism. They don't want black people is what, that's what people, honestly, when people say that, that's what they mean. You know what I mean? And it's, mm -hmm. it's not. Sometimes people just need affordable housing. And then I think we should also regulate these big, like corporations purchasing houses and then like renting them to people like that's wrong like you don't even you're not even based out of Colorado and you're buying this house and now you're trying to rent it for some exorbitant amount like no one can afford to live here and it's just um it's really unfair and then in Colorado Springs specifically I think that there is a, a whole culture and the businesses around here of taking advantage of the like young soldiers that come to Fort Carson and stuff like they're like young and they've got some money in their pockets and people just prey on them and prey on them and prey on them and it's so sad and you could like saddle them with debt for something stupid for like years and years and years I think that there should be more education for them they're like hey be careful with your money you know they want you you know I don't know it's just um I hate when people get preyed on like that. So those two things I have to say, if that. Yeah, yeah definitely. And um, if you had any advice for anyone who's maybe like younger coming up in the LGBTQ plus community, what advice would that be? Um, my advice would be to, first of all, just love yourself. Second of all, don't ever, ever let anyone bully you. If you let them bully you the first time, it's just going to continue and continue and continue. So even if you have to make a huge scene, even if you have to stop the show, I don't care if you have to interrupt whatever is going on to put them in their place and say, you are not going to treat me like that. It'll be worth it in the end because then they'll leave you alone. And I've seen so many times that people were too afraid to upset the boat or um, 
they don't, you know, want to upset anybody. And then they just put up with this torture forever. And it's like, or it's like, forget that. <laughs> you, you have to stop them right away. Because honestly, bullies, they have something going on deep in them. It's not about you. You know what I'm saying? So if you, you have to teach people how to treat you, I think a little bit. And a lot of the pain that, you know, our LGBTQ plus um, family suffers is be, is out of politeness. And it's like, forget that. You know what I'm saying? They, they weren't polite to you, so get them. So I guess that would be my advice, but maybe that's not like the best advice. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, any advice is good. <laughs> yeah. um, so this one's our last question. It's a little loaded, so you can think about it however much you want. Um, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, goodness. Um, huh. You know, I just want to be remembered as a nice person that liked to laugh. I would like to be remembered as a strong person. Um, I always feel really flattered when people are like, Brian, you're so smart. Deep down inside, I'm like, oh, yeah, that feels good. So if someone would say say that, that would be nice. But overall, it's just like somebody who was um, kind and just cool and funny and um, a hard worker. Even though it's like, I'm not like that wild about capitalism, but like a hard worker at everything in my life, like with my, in my relationships and everything. So very low. (laughs) yeah definitely just all around okay well uh thank you for your time and for being so open with your answers in our project um once again i am skylar gillespie and we have our note taker colby if you want to chime in (laughs) um i don't really know what to say other than um i took all of the notes (laughs) (laughs) hey yay and we also have our guest yeah, hey, it's Brian Griffin, and thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. It was a huge pleasure. Thank you both. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care. <laughs>